Planning your content ahead is always a good idea. And don't forget to include sales posts as well. So at least 10% of your content should be reminding people of the ways that they can buy from you, the things that you can do for them to help them. And this is something that you can do during downtime, obviously. If you are always feeling like you're creating content on the fly and you're not much of a planner, then even just set aside a couple of hours and brainstorm some ideas for content. Go back through those insights and those analytics. Look at what's worked in the past investigate some industry trends, sign up to some Google alerts that relate to your business and start getting inspiration. Hello and welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what you can do when business is slow. So what can you do when your clients have gone quiet and the bookings or orders have slowed to a trickle? Do you hit panic stations Or maybe you're tempted to close the curtains and binge Netflix for the day. Instead of that, I've got nine great ideas that you can use to streamline your business and help get those customers flocking in again. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to episode four of the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and today we're talking about nine things that you can do when business feels slow. So this originally was a carousel that I created for Instagram and it got a good response. So I thought that I would walk you through in a bit more detail these nine things. Because let's be honest, every single business cannot be fully booked every single month. So it's unavoidable that you are going to have quiet periods. And I think it's okay to normalize that as well. There are always going to be peaks and troughs in your business, no matter what stage you're at. When you're just starting out and you're still discovering what you want to be really as a business, who you want to serve, what you want to offer your customers, and indeed when you are scaling up and you are trying to decide whether to take on another team member or not, and you're balancing the books and you're paying close attention to those peaks and troughs in revenue. So I think it's worth covering what you can do during those times when we would have said in the past when the phone stops ringing. Nowadays, it's more like when the emails stop pinging. But let's cover today nine things that you can do when things simply are not moving in your business. And the first thing I think is to recognize that maybe it's okay to have a bit of a break. Maybe you don't have to be on marketing mode 24-7. I'm now working with clients who have been with me for years. And what I observe is when we start working together, it's very much because they want more clients. And as time evolves, they become fully booked or they're going through very busy periods and they want to actually take a breath and take a step back and look at the business strategy and whether they can A, maintain the pace of work that they're going at or be whether they want to or maybe it's time to rejig things and it's at that point where we often start looking at how to put efficient systems in place and that is one of the things that you can do when you're not experiencing a very busy time in your business there is no point in trying to put efficient systems in place when you are rushed off your feet but If you are experiencing a bit of downtime, then this is the perfect time to look at your systems. 
I was on a call with some clients this morning and one of them summed it up really neatly. She said she's focusing right now on her customer experience. And we agreed that she's also focusing on her supplier experience to make sure that she has got very productive ways of operating in place so that she can manage her suppliers and so that she can deliver an excellent experience for her customers. And really so that she can be less caught up in the day-to-day admin and spend more time doing the thing that she loves, which is her speciality in her business. And doesn't that sound perfect? You know, none of us set up in business, unless you have a business like mine, I'm sure most of us don't set up in business wanting to spend all of our time talking about and thinking about marketing that business. We set it up because we want to spend time doing the things that we love. So getting efficient systems in place is a really great way to free up more of that time that can just be sucked away by admin tasks and really to protect your business going forward and to strengthen it and make sure that it is sustainable for the long term. Because if you are a solopreneur or you're running a small team, then your energy is the most important thing in your business. And it's the only thing that is finite. So getting these systems in place is really going to help you as a business owner. Another thing that you can do when things feel slow in your business is to review your offerings. So whether you're selling products or selling services, it's a good idea to regularly review your offerings and identify which ones need to change. This is something that I do regularly in my business because I want to make sure that I'm really paying attention to what my customers are telling me. So the way that I do this is I'll send out feedback forms regularly and I won't wait until the end of a group program to send out the form. I'll send them out about halfway through. And then I'll send them out again at the end so that I can gauge what's changed and so that I can be very reactive. One of my clients said to me the other day, she'd never been on a group program before where somebody had taken so much care to make sure that they got what they needed from that program and was flexible enough to change things as the program went on so that by the end of the program, even if they hadn't got quite what they needed halfway through, by the end of the program, I want to make sure that they absolutely have. And I think that's the beauty of being a small business owner is that we can pay attention and we should be paying attention to our customers and what they're telling us. And we should be flexible and agile so that we can give them what they need, as long as it's in line with our vision for our business, of course. But being able to review your offerings and even review what's going on inside each of those offerings, like I did with my group program, enables you to be very proactive and responsive and really up those customer satisfaction levels. Because if you're trying to grow your audience, we're not looking for a whole load of churn of unhappy customers who are going to be here for the short term and then disappear. We want to keep our customers for as long as possible, make sure that they are as happy as possible, are recommending us and are sticking around to buy more things from us and stay in our world for longer. So reviewing your offerings and identifying what needs to change regularly is a really great idea. And it's definitely something that you can do when you are not really, really busy doing the work. Something else that you can do during downtime is to review your website. Now, I know that for lots of people, this can feel very challenging, but obviously your website is super important to your business. It really is your shop window. And you want to make sure that when somebody lands on that website, they are having a good experience. Same applies to your social media pages. I've covered this in previous episodes, but really making sure that they are all aligned and building up this strong online presence is absolutely invaluable. 
So make sure that there are no broken links on your website. And I'll put a link in the show notes to some tools that you can use for that. Making sure that your SEO is up to date. You'd be surprised how often when John, my husband, works in the business as well. And quite often he is doing the more technical sides of marketing and he'll go into a website and he will be amazed to find that there's absolutely no SEO terms set up in there. So make sure that you are keeping your website up to date with no broken links, that you're using SEO where you can, even just to have something in there. I know that that is another area of marketing that can feel really daunting, but just have a think. The people who are looking for your service or your product, the thing that you sell, what are they likely to be searching for? And that's just a great place to start with your SEO if you don't want to outsource it and you're not quite sure what you're doing yet. We'll go into SEO in more detail in future episodes, but definitely have something in there rather than nothing. And if you have a blog on your website, don't feel that you always have to create new blog content. Going back and making sure that all of the content in existing blogs still applies today is a great idea. And you can update these blogs and make them even better over time and add new links and so on. In terms of your social media pages, you want to make sure that these are consistent. So I recommend having the same bio or a very similar bio, depending what characters are available on each platform. And that's not to say that you need to be on every single social media platform. In fact, I recommend that you're not. But the platforms that you are on, make sure that when somebody comes across your business, it looks consistent across all of those platforms so that they know they've come to the right place. If you have spare time, then that's a great time to start studying and to start researching your industry. Maybe you want to find a mentor. Maybe you want to join a masterclass or join a group program to learn something new. These are all good ideas. It can be really tempting to go for the latest shiny object or course, but why be driven by somebody else's schedule? Why not have a look for these things when you have time in your business and see if there's something that stands out that you think will be really useful? Now, if we're talking about trying to drive more business because this is a downtime and sometimes that can feel quite scary, then a good idea is to reach out to previous clients, people who you've worked with in the past who have had a great experience or people who have bought from you in the past and they've left you a great testimonial, for example. Or in fact, you could reach out to them if they haven't left you a testimonial and you could ask for testimonials. That's another great thing to do when you're not too busy. A good way to get into the habit of always asking for testimonials, by the way, is to have an email template saved in your draft folder all the time and then simply copy and paste with links to maybe your Facebook page or your Google review page and just try and get into that habit. Make it as easy for yourself as possible to remember to ask for these testimonials. And then during these downtimes, you can either catch up on testimonials that you've missed out on asking for or you can start turning them into social media content and make sure that you've got a bank ready for when you are looking to share those testimonials with the world. Planning your content ahead is always a good idea. And don't forget to include sales posts as well. So at least 10% of your content should be reminding people of the ways that they can buy from you, the things that you can do for them to help them. And this is something that you can do during downtime, obviously, If you are always feeling like you're creating content on the fly and you're not much of a planner, then even just set aside a couple of hours and brainstorm some ideas for content. Go back through those insights and those analytics. Look at what's worked in the past. 
investigate some industry trends, sign up to some Google alerts that relate to your business and start getting inspiration. There are so many different ways that you can get content inspiration. And I'm going to do an entire episode with some recommendations of sources that you can find content inspiration if you're struggling. But for this episode, using your quiet times to do exactly that is a really great idea and try and get a bank of content ready. If not fully created and turned into beautiful visuals and captions, no problem. Let's just get a spreadsheet on the go so that the next time you're in a hurry and you need to create some content, you can go there for some ideas and not waste any time when you're so busy. And A final tip for today's episode is to initiate collaborations with other businesses who have got a similar audience to you. So this is a really great thing to do when you perhaps have a little more time because these collaborations can take time to set up and it's not something that you want to rush. But for now, you could start a list of similar organizations who have got a similar customer base to you and start having a think about how you could potentially collaborate together. So it might just be a simple newsletter swap. I've done this in the past with a friend. We've got similar audiences and I post about her business sometimes in my newsletter and she will post about mine when we've got special offers on. And that's a really effective way to grow your audience and to make sales because these people trust the person who's sending out the list. So that's a fantastic place to start from if it's a trusted recommendation. But you could also come up with more elaborate collaborations. In my first business, which was a kids hip hop dance company, we invested time and energy collaborating with another local business, which is a kids clothing business. And we decided to create some content together and we organized a video shoot and we had a photographer come along. And we got loads of great content of the kids from my business being taught a routine by my dance teachers. And they were shot for the final video wearing the clothes from the clothes company. It was called Bon Tot. And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Now, obviously, that took quite a long time to organize. And it was a lot of effort. And we had to go into a lot of detail. Obviously, we had to protect everybody who was involved. We had to make sure we had insurance for everything that was happening. We had to make sure that we had permission to share the content. I had to organize my team to come along. They had to bring all their clothes down. You know, it was a reasonably big kind of operation to organize compared to just an email newsletter swap, for example. But once again, you get out what you put in and the payoff was that we had a huge bank of content to share. We generated a good amount of noise in our local area and we cross-fertilized each other's audiences as parents began to be interested in the clothes and their customers began to be interested in the dance classes. So collaboration is something that I am all for and it's something that I teach inside Audience Growth Club and Fully Booked Bootcamp, in fact. And we've had some fantastic collaborations happen in those communities as well. I'll link to both of those landing pages in the show notes so that you can find out more. So thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I think it's been nice to recognize that there are peaks and troughs in business. That's completely normal. And it's okay not to freak out when you're going through a kind of lull, because there is so much that you can do to either reverse that lull or to fill your time that's going to be valuable activity that's going to help you grow your business over the long term. So next time you have downtime, try not to freak out and panic and instead try to think, hooray, I can get through some of this list of nine things that we discussed on the episode today. 
So thanks again for joining me and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and I will see you next week for another episode. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and next week I'll be back with more practical tips. This time I'll be talking about things you can do today to grow your audience without spending money on ads. See you then.